0: Welcome, everyone, to a Fightin' Friday edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. They are your one stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. Dot com. Um, so, the plan for today was to do a bit of Flames talk off the top, and then get into the fighting stuff, but if you missed it last night, there is already a Flames Reaction podcast, um, with the Jonathan Huberto signing, um, that kind of trumped anything I was going to talk about today, because uh, <laughs> I I had, on Wednesday show, you may have noticed, I, I went to talk about, I said in the opening, yeah, we're going to talk about the Flames signings. Um, And then I didn't. So I guess just quickly here off the top, we'll get into flame stuff and then we'll get into the the fight situations. Um, Manjapani, it's, it's a great bit of business. Now, he's going to have to step up now. If he's going to live up to that, if this team is going to be competitive, I, I think there is kind of a lot riding on him, whether he is going to be on a top line with O and with Lindholm, or if he's going to be on a second line with Backland and with Coleman, or if there are other plans for him, he is going to be one of the pieces that is going to need to step up for the Flames if they are going to progress into, um, into next season as a team that continues to contend for uh, a championship. And I think he will. I think the world of this dude, um, obviously, like, the work ethic is there. He's in- incredibly talented. He knows, like, he, he gets to dirty areas. All, all of those things he does very, very, very well. The- Shillington is um, coming off of a-, a great year as well. You get that contract locked up. There is a bit of a logjam on the bullpen, though. You you have um, Hannah Finn and Anderson, Uyghur and Tanev, which is what I would do, and then Shillington, Zadorov it does kind of block things for Mackie and Valamackie, and then, I mean, Stone can will probably get signed again and be the seventh defenseman, but I I would like to see Mackie and Valamackie get extended runs with this team, and so the desire would be trade one of the, the, the top six defensemen, Move. there's been talk of Hannafin, get another top forward in here, and bing, bang, boom, there you go. The issue is, and we've seen with the Flames before, and with every NHL team, people get hurt, and if you trade someone away, you are and injury away from all of a sudden having no depth and things getting very dry very quick. So I, I think having too many defensemen isn't necessarily a bad thing. I get everyone wants to trade from a position of strength, but sometimes th- that position only looks so strong because of every piece that is in there, and you take one of them away, then all of a sudden it's not so great. Look at the, the Leafs, for example, with Tavares, Matthews, Nylander, um, and Marner if you, everyone's like, oh, we'll trade one of them for a defenseman. Okay. So then you have three top six forwards. You know, like it, it, it everything seems good. To pay. Oh, dealing from a position of strength. Like sometimes the only reason it's strong is because of literally every piece that is in there. So just a couple of quick thoughts on the hockey things before we get going into the the fights today. Um, Putting a bow on UFC 277, there isn't a whole lot else. Like it's I continue to believe the fight to make is amanda Nunez against Valentina shevchenko that that rematch just it has to happen and I, I think the winner of that gets into goat category uh goat status whatever you want to talk about Nunez currently has that right now this would either firmly solidify it or maybe you set up a fourth but I, I think this is this is the fight to make um we, we are kind of running out of time for this to have the same impact like that you could you could do this fight five years from now and it'll still be excuse me it'll still be sweet it'll still be awesome it'll still be amazing but I think to to do it now or to not do it now even though they've already had two and even though two have already gone Nunes's way I think you have to I I still think this one needs a little bit more to, to fully wrap up. Um, same thing goes, obviously, a little bit of a different situation with Moreno and Figueredo. That That is certainly the fight to make. But otherwise, it was just a, a very underwhelming card. Speaking of which, uh, there's a fight night this weekend, and apparently the tough finale is happening on this. Um, I still think the tough format is interesting, and I, I think it's a good way to introduce people to fighters, but the level of fighter in the UFC is already so low, you're not bringing in high-end talent. And if you do have any high-end talent that's not in the UFC, they would be out of their goddamn mind to come into the UFC by way of the Ultimate Fighter. The contracts are incredibly restrictive. And there's no guarantee once you go into the, that house, and you're in that house for a bit, there's no guarantee that you're going into that house and coming away with a UFC contract. So it just... it. If you are a high-end prospect at all, there's no reason for it. And then, the guys who you do get, you bring them... Guys or girls, sorry. You bring them in... And they're only there to get their asses kicked. And that's no way to get it... So then, you've got this emotional attachment to this fighter who's cut in a year. And it's just... It's it's no fun at all, as I have alerts going off all over the place. Uh, but again, we're going to leave all that in. Um... It's no fun at all. And so it just kind of takes the luster away from it. I still think there is a format there that can get people excited. And I bring this ex- um, example up a lot, but my wife's introduction into mixed martial arts was a lot through the Ultimate Fighter House. She loves reality TV. And so that was a good way for me to like, okay, well, this this is something that appeals to you. Let's Let's roll with it. I think there is a way that you can still do this with relevant fighters that isn't just the ultimate fighter. I think that a fun way of doing it, or an interesting way of doing it, would be you have a couple of fighters who are like top contenders, and they kind of fall off a, a little bit. Have them have kind of a make-good fight, but you still have the um, some of the, the personal stuff that allows you to get attached to these fighters. I think that would be an interesting way of, of going about it. I, I just... I think there is something there, but I think obviously something needs to something needs to change. I think that's that's pretty clear at this point. Um, the fight night card this weekend is pretty underwhelming. That there isn't a whole lot on it. And I was thinking about this before, and I've, we've talked about this before on here. Before, like when I was really getting into the sport. Um, to be a hardcore MMA fan you had to watch pride you had to watch UFC and if you were so able to your local stuff then it was you had to watch UFC you have to watch every Strike force or Elite XC the Challenger series don't forget about that Daniel Cormier shoutouts um, and then local stuff if you are allowed then it was UFC Bellator the access TV stuff every Friday night loved those um, and your local stuff now, I really feel like if you watch every UFC card, you are a hardcore MMA fan. That's where we are at. Some of these shows are dog shit, man. Like, uh, holy... Like, there are fights on this card I will probably never watch. And that was insane to think about a couple of years ago when... Even, like, a couple of years ago. But think back, like, even 10 years where you're scrambling to... Okay, these fights weren't on the prelims. I'm going to watch UFC Unleashed, I think it was called. or Yeah, I want to say Unlimited, but I'm pretty sure it was Unleashed. Um... I want to watch that so that I, I can maybe see some of these banging prelims that I read about on SureDog. It, it is just the quality of the fights has fallen off so exaggeratedly over the last. Um, maybe not the quality of fights, but just the, the quantity of fights has gone up. And with that, the quality hasn't. I don't think they're like MMA is in a better spot than it was 10 years ago. I, I don't think there is any question about that in terms of the the quality of fighters, the quality of fights. But. Holy smokes man there's there's some rough stuff out there and if you're watching every UFC show and every UFC card um bravo to you because it's a lot <laughs> it's just it's probably too much if we are being completely honest with ourselves um but the UFC continues to um UFC continues to hammer out content for ESPN plus and that that is only a good thing for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. I have promised this for a couple of weeks now. I want to go over the resumes of the the three contenders in the featherweight goat conversation. And let's just see where we think they're at because this conversation has been going on for quite some time now for a while it was the undisputed champion in jose aldo and then everyone else was bowing at his feet but now that's not necessarily the case so let's go over the resumes you have jose aldo who won uh back in the wec won a title eliminator against cub swanson then he won the title from mike brown he beats uriah faber beats manny camburian goes into the ufc beats mark haminick then it's Kenny Florian, Chad Mendez, Frankie Edgar, Chan Sung Jung, uh, Ricardo Lamas, Chad Mendez before losing to Conor McGregor. I will admit, I thought this resume was going to speak louder to me. Um, I, I do think you have to recall at the time, Uriah Faber was like the thing at this weight class. Um, but then like you have... Kenny Florian, who wasn't really made for this weight class, and Frankie Edgar, who kind of was, but was falling off at that point. Um, Chad Mendes, that is an excellent, excellent, excellent win, and to do it twice is big. Chan Sung Jung and Ricardo Lamas are good, but they are just kind of, I don't want to say stay busy, because they're the number one contenders, but from a championship standpoint, they are. Max Holloway beats Cub Swanson um, to kind of start his run. Then... Beats Charles Oliveira, beats Jeremy Stevens, beats Ricardo Lamas, wins an interim title from Anthony Pettis, won the undisputed title from Shosse Aldo, beats Aldo again, uh, then Brian Ortega, Frankie Edgar, before losing to Volkanovski. That resume is actually a little bit better than I thought. There's a couple of fighters on there that um, Aldo beat, that Holloway beat just a few years later. So I think that kind of knocks it off uh, a little bit. And then you go to Volkanovski. When the run really starts, he beats Darren Elkins, beats Mendes, beats Aldo, beats Holloway twice. Uh, then Ortega, Chan Sung Jung, and Holloway. So the exclusive to Volkanovski wins aren't as strong, but I, I think the real way to, to have this discussion and the real way that you're going to differentiate between any of these fighters is... How good was the champion that they replaced at the time they replaced them? Because th- those are the biggest wins for all of them. Um, I mean, like, Aldo's biggest win is Uriah Faber. I, I think that one is, is is pretty clear. But, like, Holloway's biggest win is Aldo. And Volkanovski's biggest win is Holloway. And for Holloway, I, I kind of thought, like, okay, Aldo's out. It-, it's, it-, it is his time to go. But then you look at Aldo, like, in that time... He only really lost to Conor McGregor, and that was a flash knockout, and then he comes back, he puts on some good performances, and then Holloway beats the absolute tar out of him. And then, when Volkanovsky beats Holloway, it was, okay, well, it was Holloway's time, he's kind of faded a little bit. But then you look at what Holloway has done post the first loss to, to Volkanovsky, and I get there, in there was also a, a a trial at 155 pounds that didn't really go all that well. Um, but you look at some of the performances that Holloway has had, and they were just absolute historic beatdowns. And so it, it's tough to... I, I I feel like in the moment I was discounting both champions who lost their belt. And because of that, I was discounting both champions who won the fights and saying, okay, well, in, in terms of legacy, they're, they're kind of facing washed versions of these guys. And when you go back and look at where they were resume-wise at the time, that's really not the case. And so I... I I do think eventually Volkanovsky is going to get to this point uh, of being the GOAT at at this weight class. And I I have said before that it it does kind of have a feel like... um, Volkanovsky is going to be one of the guys we remember as one of the most talented fighters in the history of the sport. One of the most well-rounded, puts every part of mixed martial arts together. I I just, I think the world of the skill set that Volkanovsky has and and how he is just kind of a next level of mixed martial artist. And so because of that, I do think we're going to get to a point where he is the featherweight GOAT. But right now, this sounds like such a cop-out. But Volkanovsky and Holloway don't feel, or don't or didn't feel as inevitable as Jose Aldo did. When Aldo was fighting, it it wasn't a, is he going to win? It was a, how brutally is he going to win? There was just an an aura around his fights where it was like, you are going to see something special. You are going to see something violent. And now part of that is the rest of the division has caught up to these guys um, because you you look at it, we're we're going to get to a point, I think, where Aldo's resume is third on this list. Um, It might, like... Holloway's is is done and it's close already. Um I just there it, it it's a different feel going into these fights than it was going into an Aldo fight and that that, that is totally it, it feels like a cop-out because there's no way you can quantify that. There's no way you can counter that with, oh, well, Volkanovsky, it also feels like that. Um, like, th- th- there's no logical way to do it. But for now, Aldo is still my goat, and it feels like I'm being the old man who is just clutching on to a blue-caged era of days gone by. So, that is our featherweight goat conversation. I think it is Aldo, but I think we are going to get to a point where Volkanovsky is going to be... Um, inevitable. That is the show. It, it's a little bit quicker, but like I said, the, the flames kind of cut into a lot of my flames talk uh, ideas for today. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. And I will talk to you guys next week. I'm out.